What up, guys? It's Mr. Foxy, I Refuse Podcast. Welcome back. Welcome to Season 5. The last episode in the Sexual Discourse series was such a great hit. We got a lot of listens, um, a lot of amazing feedback, a rousing success. So much so that we decided to continue the conversations around sexual discourse and expanded into somewhat of a mini-series within the I Refuse podcast. Of course, along with the discussion and the, the mini-series and the continuation in that, we brought back Dr. Tucker as a co-host specifically for the Sexual Discourse mini-series in the I Refuse podcast. The next episode that's about to come up will be episode two within the Sexual Discourse series. We released episode one Sexual Discourse, I believe, last season around this time. We're going to make it a routine thing to have at least one to two episodes each season released under the Sexual Discourse topic. So without further ado... Let's get into Sexual Discourse, Episode 2, featuring Dr. Tucker. To fuck around is human, to find out is divine. This is the I Refuse Podcast. So, since Sexual Discourse Part 1 was such a rousing success, I just had to get this beautiful human spirit back on the podcast um as we ride off a little bit into the sunset for season three um i want to introduce my special guest slash co-host for this episode uh mr tucker professor t no, oh professor t oh. Oh. no no, no i'm totally kidding i hate that actually okay. a lot of my students have taken a calling me jt and oh. I have one of my chairs in one of the, the campuses I, I go to this semester calls me JT. And I'm like, you know what? I like it. Like, I'm I'm smarter than Justin Timberlake. <laughs> I'm, I'm the, the, I'm the, the new JT. I know, I know, I know. Are we going to get emails about that? No. <laughs> no, because <laughs> I think we're that. all on the same bandwagon as far as Justin Timberlake. Because, you know, we love our Janet Jackson. Oh, uh, gosh. Still that's a that. whole other um, thing. Um yeah. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> so this episode just stems from I'd reached out to Tucker, and I was like, "Hey, hope you have a good week." And you know, it was like he wanted to do more episodes, and I was like, "Of course, fuck yeah!" Like we just have this thing that is just is energizing, and it's like. It's vulnerable, it's compassionate, it's sensitive, but it's very enlightening. Um, I consider Tucker one of the... Jackson, quit calling me Tucker. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) I consider Jackson uh, one of those rare, exciting, like enterprising, enlightened individuals um, that I've come across. And like there are times where I'm just like, I want to bottle this and carry this with me everywhere. Um, 
but not you know enough of me those, being a fan. Those uh, must be my manic stages, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm not depressed. No, at uh, first I was like, when I first met you, I was like, okay, what's going on? But I, I'm on the opposite end where I just I kind of need to like warm into being comfortable with somebody sometimes, and that was one of those days. Like I went, like I'm nervous yeah. at first when I'm first meeting somebody, and sure. that too. Depends. It could be something in the universe, but I was in the basement. I was like, okay, this guy is kind of like moving kind of fast. And like, I don't know what to make of it. Um, but oh my, as thing, but no, but that, that <laughs> went away as you know, we went into another arena. Um, and it's been great ever since. But the sexual discourse part one that we did on DL men, I was just like, Oh my God, this is so amazing. Um, so I had reached out to you earlier and you wanted to talk about changing sex drives, aging. Let me see. Let me get the rest of this. Cause I have like <laughs> so many windows open where I was like writing stuff for other episodes. Cause again, there was so much happening this week. So, sexual discourse episode two: changing sex drives, aging, the pandemic, or both. Um, so, I'm still trying to work with this fucking MacBook. It, I'm still relatively new. <sighs> um, so, the almost complete loss of sex drive while also feeling horny. That's the challenge that we're going through. I, I know that I am, and I believe yeah, is yeah. as well. Um, so we'll we'll work with that going into the episode, and then just kind of go into some other things. Um, yeah. it's it's a it's an opportunity to have a frank and honest and grown up discussion about sex, which is uh, far too often lacking. Right? It's jokes, jokes, jokes. It's not like it's not like this is a boring podcast devoid of humor, but like this is a serious issue that people should be able to look at, right? Uh, Definitely. Um, <laughs> I know for me, the last year or so, it's been a case of, yeah, I can get, I'm, I get turned on and I get hard. Like I can lock into. Uh, a past experience that really got me going pre pre COVID, you know what I mean? Or lock into a particular porn fan, a porn scene that I, that I watch or that's part of my memory bank and get off. Um, but I'm, I haven't returned yet to a permanent place, uh, mentally, physically, spiritually, where I want to have sex. Um, and it's challenge is a challenge for me because a, you know, for the longest time, I think psychologically I've tied or it could be. Um, and I think this is something that a lot of people can relate to. I've tied what it means to be a man with sex. You know what I mean? And I know that's probably like a whole, another conversation but as for all the way up until about my late 20s early 30s that's always been a thing um 
And I think that's something that's cultural, particularly with like black men, um, where you got to have sex. Sex is tied to happiness. Sex is tied to being healthy. Sex is tied to being virile, energetic, and living. Um, and with that, you know, there is this this space where there's like a need or an expectation, um, whether it's spoken or not spoken, to have as much sex as possible as a male. Um, you know, I, I didn't. It's those kind of attitudes. I'm just going to continue talking like we didn't just have a gap. I know. Um, so, you know, I, th- I think there's this like unspoken expectation for men, um, especially black men, um, or, you know, men of, I think, legacy to like keep having sex. So once I left my, um, I sold my house and I think my body was dependent on what was going on in the basement things really shifted a great deal. And it was unfortunate because, you know, I've been in a relationship four plus years at this point. And the first couple of years um, from 2018 to maybe early 2020, we were having sex on a regular basis. Um, But now I am on a different plateau health-wise where it's just like, trying to navigate this new space and keep, you know, realities and um, what I'm dealing with, like part of this new, you know, where we are right now, like we're living together right now, like we moved in together. Um, And, you know, the communication, it's, it's situations like this where communication is key, but also, I'm at a point right now where it's like, I need to actually have, um, I've been able to, I believe, pinpoint what the cause of this change is. And I believe it's the cyst. Because, I mean, I feel like I'm way too young to be having such difficulties where it's like my urge is has been dwindling um, and I don't have a strong enough urge to want to have physical sex. Like, I can just jerk off or not have it. And, you know, I'm versatile too, so it's like, it's less work to be a bottom in in my eyes, physical work. And there's no, there's little to no expectation really as a bottom. Felt like I covered a whole lot there. Um, Okay, you can hear me well here? Yeah, you're coming in. It's a little faint, but you're coming in. Oh, I'm faint? It's it's like from a distance. Oh, that sucks. Sounds like... No, but you're you're coming in. Oh, I like good, crisp, clean sound. Yeah, the Sennheisers are... We're going kaputski. It could be my phone volume, too, because I did turn it down a little bit. Yeah, every time I was... So the, these things were dying, and then I was like, here, can I just try to connect the Sennheisers instead? Um, 
Maybe that's uh, why I, I dropped. Cause, um, I think it was because I was moving from one pair of headphones to the other. Let's just give this uh, another. So we're back. Um, that's my... That's the headspace I've been in uh, since moving. Um, I don't what I don't think it's the pandemic as much. Um, I mean, if it is the pandemic, it's more so other people that I talk to or, or I'm trying to get with, and I can get pretty impatient. Like, not in a negative way. Like, I get more aggressive or anything, but it's like. That first six months in the pandemic, it was like, all right, yes or no. It just it just created more opportunity for gray area and ambiguity. And my attention or my patience for that is pretty short. Um, and that's that's been a common thread anyway. So it's like, I, I get that you don't, or you're not, you're weary of what's out there. Um, but let's be clear, nonetheless, as to what we're saying. You know what I mean? Um, so I think socially, it's the pandemic's kind of indirectly played into the sexual discourse. Um, and here we are. I'm, when I look at aging, I'm like, ugh, this is something I have to look forward to. Like I'm turning 40 in August. Um, yeah. And, and you can hear me? Yes. Okay. Um, and I'm still coming in faint? No, you're coming in fine. I had to turn up my phone volume. Oh, okay, great. Okay, so yeah, I mean, the aging thing, I put that American dad quote in there in the notes because I was thinking about like the line where Steve Smith is like, why are you always so mean to me? And Avery Bullock, who is voiced by the amazing Patrick Stewart, is like, I envy your youth. And I just kind of think of that sometimes. I don't think that I'm envious of young people. Like I'm, and, and again, it's not until sexual stuff where you start feeling like, gosh, you know, like I'm not jealous. Like I would, I would not want to go back to being 25 again. Like I am happy at my age. I feel like I'm at a great age. I should be having the time of my life in a, like a healthy, fun, responsible way. And there's times where I just don't even have the energy to, to make dinner. Um, and again, that's what goes into the, you know, aging or pandemic, right? That's why I thought this would be, uh, you know, the dichotomy at least, although obviously there are other, you know, very serious, very important things to consider. And yeah, when you're looking at aging, I mean, like I, like I have here, I, you know, I was, 35, if you think about it, I was 35 when the pandemic started. I don't know if you don't share your age or not on your podcast, so you can... I did. Uh, I turned <laughs> 40 in August, um, but I still look like I'm in my 20s. But continue. Yeah, so, I mean, here we are, <laughs> late 30s. Um, it's difficult to tell if it's aging, right? Because... This is the time, like, I've got some older friends, uh, you know, even one actually kind of looks like me, who's about five years older than me, who, you know, this is the time my age is when he started to age, you know, so he starts getting the grays and the salt and pepper and all of that. And it's, you know, it's kind of sexy, right? Um, but at the same it's, you know, uh, there's a, 
there's there's things that are like I've been looking at my beard and I have this patch in my beard <sighs> that is just grays and whites. <laughs> And I don't know if you, you know, have the any gray hair problems or even a problem with gray hair. I don't have a problem having. Sorry, go ahead. No, it's fine. So I just have um, one white or gray hair that's sticking out of my beard and it's coming out in the same place. Luckily, there aren't. Well, I mean, I'll embrace it when it happens. There are not other areas that are also gray yet. Like I don't have like gray chest hair. I don't have like gray beard hair a lot. I don't like it's not there yet. Yeah, my <laughs> my partner is 40 as well and he just found <clears throat> his first gray hair and he was upset about it. Like <laughs> was like, "Nope, you're gone." And he plucked it. And I'm like, "Well, all right. Um if if I did that, I'd look like uh one of those weird little uh, those little terriers that are missing their fur. <laughs> no good. Um, so yeah, there's the body part hurts. I mean, I had to, I bought a new pair of running shoes because I'm trying to get back into shape, which of course we'll save that for the pandemic part. But um, I was like, God, why do my hips hurt? God, why does my back hurt? I had a I had a back problem most of September and October. <laughs> Is it laziness are you okay over there yeah i'm fine it's um you know it, it there's another piece to um things that have occurred with my body since leaving the house um but that's for another conversation another episode um but you said yeah your hips and stuff were hurting yeah, like my hips would be hurting. I had a lower back problem. And, you know, it's funny. You don't think about these things when you're younger because when you're younger, everything is usually working well. Obviously, that's not always the case. But in general, you're, you know, doing all the things that you normally do. And I started having these lower back problems. And my I have a friend, actually not a colleague, a friend of mine is a woodworker, uh, works um, in steel-toed boots on a concrete floor. And they said, well, what shoes are you wearing? And do you, is your building, like, how old is your building? And I said, okay, um, I'll bite. Let's, let's see where this is going. And I said, well, I've been wearing my sandals and uh, it's in a new building built in the last like five years. And she's like, oh, reinforced concrete and you're wearing sandals. And I said, yep. And she said, well, that's why your back hurts because your feet are in the wrong shoes and they're standing on an incredibly hard surface. And we don't think about things like that because we don't, you know, not in a woodworking shop. I'm not, I'm not in a fact on a factory floor kind of shoes you're wearing. So even that, so I, so I changed my shoes, Jason, I changed my shoes. Within a week and a half, the back problems dissipated completely. Wow. Dissipated completely. And, you know, I'm a relatively smart person. Doesn't mean I know everything, but I like to think I can kind of, you know, suss out a, a, a solution to a problem if I put my, my mind to it. And I just, I, I couldn't figure it out because you go on the internet and you start looking at back problems and it's, 
the worst case scenarios, right? It's the WebMD, you know, oh, do you need back surgery? Oh, here, we, here's, you know, Google pulls up 10 different back surgeons to go to. I didn't need a back surgeon. I needed, I, I needed tennis shoes. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And so these are things that I, I don't know if this is something everybody who's aging or in our age range is even thinking about. It's certainly not something that I am, I feel equipped to, to think about and talk about and i mentioned the body parts hurting because when you don't feel well i mean you don't want to have sex i mean i don't anyway right right so about that um you know there was the last two years i was in the house i was in that house for a total of ooh, so four years yeah four years uh 2017 to 2021 yeah, almost four years to the date. And it was those last two years that I was really, my body was really changing with me. Um, I was in more pain. I was getting like numbness in um, one of my legs, sometimes above the knees, other times below the knee. Um, and also what the, the mold was doing um, with the pituitary gland, it was causing my metabolism to slow down, thus making me put on more weight. Um, I blew up to like 260, which for somebody that's never been over 200 pounds most of his life was putting a lot of stress and strain on my lower back, which... I already have a uh, curved spine anyway, but for the longest time when I was in college, when I started going back to college, I would always put my wallet in my back pocket and sit on it mm-hmm. every time I was at work. So this is going. I've heard. I've heard about this. So imagine me doing that since I was in the military. Like I had been doing that since I was. 20 years old and doing it well into my early thirties. At some point I didn't, I didn't, I I was kind of in the same boat with you where I was just like, I don't understand why I'm getting such a painful feeling at the base of my neck and the back. Um, like what is going on? I don't understand. Um, but Long-term, sitting on your wallet when it's in your back pocket at a desk for almost 10 years, you're essentially like throwing your whole spine out of whack and putting pressure on various parts on both ends. And it wasn't until I stopped doing that that things changed. But then again, like everything you do in life, you pay on the back end. So I think at some point gaining that weight, but not having the wallet in the back pocket still was putting strain on the right side of my body in the back. Um, thus making parts of my right leg to go numb. Um, yeah, would you say almost a cumulative, like between, the, between what right. you were doing earlier on in your life and then what had happened to you kind of, 
outside of your control later, they were working together to kind of bring physical pain to you. It sounds like you're kind of saying, right? Yeah, or fuck me up in short, you know? Um, (laughs) (laughs) So for me, um, of course, you know, this, the last two years happened, the last two years that house happened during the pandemic. So it was like, I couldn't leave and go someplace else to telework. Um, I literally had to stay in that house and, and suffer. And one thing about your brain function, well, you know, your body function, everything, it just essentially stems from whatever your brain wants it to do. Meaning if I go out, if I'm in that house for two years and I go out like most 30 year olds go out and I want to start working out because I want to, you know, uh, shave all this weight off. If I go back into the house, it's not going to make much of a difference because all that exposure is still there. And as long as I continue to go back into that house, the weight will still be there and I'll still be in pain. Um, so it's like, even now, like I've, I've been back at the gym since January. I've been out of that house almost a year. Um, I'm in this, this new plateau where it's like, yeah, I've, I've shaved of, you know, all this weight off because the activity has kind of, um, not only re-energize my body, but improve blood flow and in turn improve uh, body function. And there was a lot of areas in my body that weren't functioning properly. So it wasn't just the brain, but it was also like the bottom half um, because my it was making my blood thick. That's another thing. But, you know, even though I've been back at the gym almost six months, um, there's still something there that's not allowing me to return to being not all the way vital like I was, but a familiarity uh, area as far as being vital. Like, like I know over there I'm going to, it's going to be familiar to me that it's going to be like, Oh, this is, this is what I was or close to what I was. Um, It may not be the same, but this is an area that I can be in and not worry that my health is a lot worse or it's worse off. Um, Because the reality is this, um, all the exposure, although I'm out of the house has caused a cyst to grow on my brain on this gland that affects a lot of function in my body. Um, Weight and gain, metabolism, energy levels. Um, And while I'm not in an area where the source of all those issues, you know, we're not in the same area, I still have this thing on my brain that I feel like is working against me. Um, And... I feel like until I get that thing drained or removed, I'm still going to be in this vicious cycle 
of where I'm working out, but the moment I fall back a little bit, I'll start to put the weight back on. And not like doing it once a week, but falling off from like five days a week to maybe every other day. Like even those subtle changes, it's like this thing, this cyst will continue to impact my functionality and my my health and my wherewithal and the energy just, and it's like, I'm too young for that. Like I'm not even in my forties yet, um, but I'm having all these issues. Like I'm older than 50. Right. And I just went into a whole thing. Um, so the, the aging thing, um, it's like I feel some days I feel like I'm functioning like a man twice my age. Um, sexual function, um, sexual desire, passion, um, energy some days just to like do stuff or even be motivated to do it. Um, yeah, that makes me think of. And like the the twice your twice your age thing too. I I remember feeling this way. You know this this kind of like it wasn't even I wasn't thinking about aging. I was just feeling about the, the sexual desire. And I mentioned to my doctor, who's a straight woman at the time, mm-hmm. and she and I was and I said, well, what about low T? I get advertisements for low testosterone. I get advertise. I'm, I'm bombarded with low testosterone. I don't know why I'm being told I have low testosterone. Well, I'm not being told, but you know, the advertisements, how they work, you know, do you have this? Talk to your doctor. So I brought it up actually with my doctor because I was feeling this way. And she was like, almost immediately dismissive. She was like, oh no, like you're too young. Basically like you're too young to have that problem. And I, I and and I this is a doctor that I actually have a lot of respect for, and I found that to be almost out of character for her, if that right. makes sense, because I thought, well, whoa, whoa, why are you dismissive? Now, m- maybe maybe testosterone is not the problem, and I'm not saying that it is, and I don't know anything about it really, but like I I don't think we should be dismissing things. Um, testosterone could be linked i would assume somehow it's got to be linked to sexual health or sexual virility or you know just the the desire to get hard i'm not saying i need necessarily, but this is really about the desire for uh you know it's the sex drive itself it's the you know do i want to bother to meet up with someone do i want to bother to 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 clean out or to be you know be to have company of a sexual nature uh, around me. And so there's obviously a variety. There's many factors at play here. And thinking about the testosterone thing, I think was, is, I don't know, is it unreasonable? You know, we're not medical experts, obviously. <laughs> no, I don't think it's unreasonable. Um, and it's interesting that you put this part under the aging. Um, cause that too was my challenge given the mold situation. Um, that was more so one of many direct outcomes of being exposed to the mold. Um, My testosterone was lower than average and there were certain aspects of, and this kind of thing I don't think is discussed 
in like health class or in health text textbooks. But there were um, certain, um, not chemicals, but certain, um, you know, when I would go get the blood work done and the results would be uploaded into the portal, um, Johns Hopkins portal, and there would be like this range of, I don't know if it was like chromosomes or what, but it, there was one in there called, I think, prolactin. Um, and I believe it was um, something that induces lactation. And the numbers, my numbers were higher than average. So while my testosterone was low, certain aspects of um, other things in my in my system or my function um, because of the blood you know the blood work um, one could closely associate with women like the the lactation thing I was just like am I does this mean I can produce milk now um, wow. Yeah, it was it was it was fascinating. Like some of the some of the the things that it outlined in the results, um, and it was it was like ten or fifteen different things. There's there's like a name for each one, and then there's like a range where it's like green in the middle, I think, and yellow on both ends. And like when you open up the results like the number would go either direction <coughs> and the prolactin was really high. And I was like, Holy shit. Like I looked it up. I was like, Oh, um, but also there's like emotional stuff that's tied to that when there's like an imbalance. And that was definitely the fourth time. Uh, yeah. Um, I think it's very touchy. It's very touchy about like, microphones and we're plugged in we're good to go um let's hope that's the last time yeah feel free to jump in um yeah yeah well i think it's important to talk about the health issues i think we it's funny it's maybe our running theme when we when we have the the great pleasure of speaking with one another uh, on your podcast because, you know, we kind of did this last time with the DL culture thing, which could have been easily just a discussion of escapades and romps and things, but actually ended up being more of like a public health PSA, right? Right. And 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 now you're talking about health again, which I think is so important, right? We don't, we don't talk about health enough. We don't think about it. Um, and and I think too, in some way, you think, oh, you know, the health problems are for older people. As long as I see the doctor once a year, and of course for gay men on prep, if it's it's not once a year, it's three months, right? So you can get your drugs, and uh, and you so you see a doctor more regularly, but usually everything is pretty good to go, right? And so I think it's important to bring awareness to you know these kinds of issues, and I'm glad that you're doing that. Um, because I think the health aspect does play a role in this. Uh, but, I, you know, I do think, you know, 
getting older, things just start breaking down. In fact, I just pulled up a, an article that then disappeared, <laughs> um, uh, but it was from Ohio State's um, medical school how depression worsens as you get older. And I, I certainly know that one of my biggest issues is mental health, right? I have had a hard time finding a therapist here in Maryland. They, they don't seem to be, you know, you could, I mean, you can walk into, <laughs> you could accidentally bump into someone in New York City and they're probably a psychologist. But down here, uh, you know, you start trying to find one, especially one that has a very specific area of interest, you know, maybe they're specializing in gay men's mental health or something like that. It's always the same answer. Oh, sorry, I'm booked. You know, talk to me again in three months. So I haven't been a psychologist down here. And, I, and I'm putting this in aging because I think aging and health, they're related to one another, right? And so as I'm aging, I'm, I have new stresses, right? I have new worries. And they're not just physical, they're mental. I have, you know, I think about buying a house. I think about whether or not I want to adopt kids. And I don't think you and I have talked about this yet. You know, I recently kind of had a, a weird moment thinking about the something you know this this uh, semester. Well, I call it the semester. Sorry, the, the past few months, I just recently had this kind of thought like, do I really want children? And I've never thought like that before, Jason. I've, I've wanted kids since I was in the closet <laughs> dating girls in high school. I've thought about wanting kids. And recently I've been thinking, do I really want to raise children here? You know what I mean? Right. Um... And that is maybe just a sign of getting older and feeling like, oh gosh, I, I might not be able to do it. But it's also, I think, a mental health thing right i think it's connected to like just feeling like you know the so much weight on your shoulders right that you don't necessarily feel when you're younger yeah um you know i think for the both of us more so myself it's like we've reached a i guess a threshold or a a room in life where you know, things are becoming more real, things are becoming more mortal, but it's, there's a lot of um, economical things happening that is making it harder for us to sustain um, livelihood and life and the stresses and pressures from that influence the mental health our mental health and it's making us or it's making me like second guess again what you said like do i really want kids because there's a whole lot that comes with that reality um that ties a lot into or is influenced by a lot of what's happening now where it's like you know the value of college or the value or the the price to get an apartment and the requirements to get you know to apply and what they want in order to give you that apartment or 
you know, the price of college and the whole, all that stuff is changing. And it's like, do I really want to bring a kid into this? And, you know, when you and I were younger, I know when I was younger, you know, we, things were dramatically different. I mean, I'm sure it was, you know, people that we know or family that we know, the pers- their perspective at that time was different because they were aware of more things than we were. Like, all we had to do growing up was get up, eat, go to school, make sure you get good grades, go outside for a couple of hours, come back in, eat, do homework, whatever, and go to sleep, wake up, and do the whole thing over again. And we did that for <laughs> like 17, 18 years until we right. got to high, you know, got to high school graduation, and it's like, oh, shit, things are getting real. Like, we were in this bubble most of that time. But, you know, you and I both went out and saw more of the world and the realities that come with it. And we're more conscious of political stuff and the thread from what's going on politically to how it affects the dollar. It affects our living, our livelihoods, the sustainability through all of that. Um, And also other people and, you know, dealing with those people. Um, A lot of that has played a factor in that very question. It's like, do I want to have a kid? Um, You know, the responsibility that comes with that is really hard for a lot of parents now. Even, um, you know, not only parents of like babies now, but parents that have teenagers and even parents that have, you know, adults our age. Um, and I think that that line of that the stresses and the drama and everything is a two way street where it's like, you know, you and I, me looking at my mom and my grandmother and stuff, there's a great deal of stress and, um, questioning that I have there as far as their future and how, what they're going through each day or each week, um, how that plays into my mental health or how, you know, your parents or your experience, you know, what they're going through um, politically, economically and stuff like that plays into your mental health and your happiness. That's a great point. Yeah. I mean, that, that is all a factor and these are things you don't have to, you know, sometimes obviously bad things happen to people at 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 an unexpected age and it kind of throws life at young people fast, but for the most part, you know, a certain age and I think, and definitely think in your thirties, that seems to be the place where you've got parents who are, uh, you know, getting into their late 60s or early 70s and they're starting to deal with aging right they're starting to maybe depend on you more than you maybe ever before right and so yeah that all of it all of it adds to the mental strain and let's be honest i mean when you're super stressed out i I don't know about you but like (laughs) like if i'm if i'm like 
a little bit stressed out, I might have thought, especially like 10 years ago, no, not even 10 years ago, five years ago, if I'm a little stressed out, I might be like, oh, you know what? I need to blow off some steam, literally. Let me fire up the grinder, you know what I mean? See if I can just get a load out and I'm going to be in good shape. Now, it's almost like too much stress and it's like, oh, I can't do this. I have, I have, I have responsibilities, damn it. I, I can't be gallivanting around town on the Right. Track. And even, <laughs> even just the thought of jerking off, like where's, where's the time when you have kids? Like I oh, have, I so I have. I just couple... assume when the kids come along that all of this ends. Like, I, you know what I mean? Just the whole thing is just kind of over. So that's what sucks about feeling this way for the last two years, right? I should be enjoying my last few years of freedom before I'm changing diapers and never having sex ever again, right? <laughs> well, so with with that with that that bubble that I that thought there. Um, you know, I have a couple of straight friends who are married, have kids, um, you know, two-parent two household that both parents work. Um, you know, I have a married, you know, one married couple. They're both federal government workers, and they have two daughters. And then I have, um, I'm really good friends with the guy, of course. And then, you know, I have... A married couple over here, one that's a federal government um, worker, and the other one that works in retail. Um, you know, navigating, you know, workplace flexibilities, and with that, you know, changes in childcare and aftercare and daycare and schools and stuff. Um, you know, I, they both kind of struggled a little bit. Um, you know, the one, the one guy that's a federal worker along with his wife, he, um, he, he very much loves his kids, doesn't get tired of them. You know, he has two daughters is like nuts about them. Um, and was actually in a delicate emotional space when it was time to, after two years, send them both off to squall the younger one off to like daycare um, after being in the house with him and the wife for two years. Um, you know, the older daughter that uh, I think is about seven or eight, um, you know, her, her thing with school was kind of intermittent. Um, you know, they were doing, I think the hybrid thing for a while after things kind of were going towards being back to normal. And then only recently did they want the kids to do like physically come back to school. Um, but yeah, like he, as long as I've known him, it was only recently that we were talking about um, jerking off. Um, like it, and it wasn't, a weird thing. It was one of those things that like we talk about other things in addition to the interests that we both share. Um, and the usual conversation we've had over the past 12 years. So, I mean, it was bound to happen at some point where we're talking about that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but 
Well, what did you learn? <laughs> right, like the situation. Yeah, well, please, yeah, please drag me away from talking about cock because I can talk about that for like five thousand years. Um, <laughs> no, but what I learned is that you know, as um, a man that is married, both parents are heavily involved with the kids. Um, he's very a very hands-on dad. Um, he's, I, I believe the reality is, is like, he, he has to kind of wait until everybody's asleep to go do it or do it before the kids get up, which there's not a set time, especially when you have two, two children. Um, and the age gap is different. Um, like yeah. he he there's no he can't schedule it um and you know when the younger one the younger daughter gets up it's like full steam ahead <laughs> like there's yeah. no yeah yeah i no mean way. and and that's a that's an interesting point too i mean and that's definitely something anyone with kids probably faces and i imagine there must be like a scheduling thing and and for pe- people who definitely still have that sex drive right that desire to just kind of release that steam, if you will. And right. uh, there must be this just like almost like a time clock in the way there is, I know, for like functioning alcoholics who just waiting for the end of the workday, right? <laughs> and because they know as soon as they get out of that subway station and they get in their apartment, they can be themselves or, you know, feed that need, that feed that urge, whatever it is. And so, I mean, that must be this idea of like, okay, kids, you know, kids go to sleep at nine, wait 30 minutes to make sure nobody gets, you know, (laughs) nobody wakes up again. Nobody has to go to the bathroom or whatever it is kids do when they're trying to go to sleep. And then maybe an hour later, okay, private dad time, lock the door and pull out the coconut oil. (laughs) You know, and I would have to imagine that would just be something. I mean, I have three cats cats not children cats and i think oh my god i can't i can't even do it you know what i mean like i can't like i like if they're in the room i'm like shoo shoo you gotta go i can't have you around stare yeah i know they stare at you and so you're just like okay you gotta go and depending on the time of the day cats want your attention or at least our cats do because we give them way more attention than they deserve. Do you hear me? Glitter. (laughs) Way more attention than they deserve. But as we're talking about partners and kids, that's actually the next, uh, the next thing on the outline after the mental health thing, Um, you know, partners, you know, it's so funny. I mean, I'll just share this anecdote. My partner would be more than fine with this because it's quite true. Like there is nothing in, in any way, shape, or form that is diminished about our love, we haven't fucked in uh, a while. I'm all, I, you know, I'm, all, and see, this is the hesitancy. I'm almost afraid to say how long because, you know, immediately someone's going to be like, oh, there's something wrong if in the bedroom, you know. <laughs> but it, it has to think like that. Yeah, right. And, and, it, and, and it's so funny. It's like, oh, you know, you, there, there has to be something wrong. And I think a lot of people create that unnecessary drama. Oh, my husband won't fuck me. Oh, my wife, you know, she's 
has no interest in me sexually, she must be cheating or she, they must be, you know, uh, you know, they don't love me anymore. But uh, I, I mean, I found, and I think, again, I think my partner would absolutely agree. Like the sex has nothing to do with the partnership in a way. Yeah. Like I'm like physically attracted to him and we enjoy each other's company and we fool around and play around. A but when it comes to the big S, you know, the a, the anal sex, the oral sex, the getting off part, I mean, it's, it's not like it's not there and, oh, my God, we should get a divorce. It's nothing like that. It's just like, I don't know, we got, we got shit going on, you know? And, and, and that's how I kind of, t that's why I immediately think, okay, aging maybe, but also pandemic. I mean, we've been hustling during the pandemic. I mean, he's been freelancing and I've been working at two community colleges, which are basically two part-time jobs just to make ends meet, just to meet the needs that we have as a household, right? Like when you are focused on an economic task as a partnership, it's hard to just switch that off at the end of the day and be Let's fuck around in the bedroom. Yeah, like it's just hard, right? Like you, you, you almost at a certain point you don't see them as that kind of in that kind of way anymore. Maybe that's and and obviously that is maybe that's unusual for a lot of people, but that's certainly where we are. I'm kind of well. Sorry, I'm in that similar headspace um, or sexual space and you know i have a very patient selfless partner and he you know again communication being key like there is definitely a depression that comes with that that i experience and it goes up and down from time to time and i speak with him about what it is that's troubling me. And, you know, he's there as a listening ear. And there are times where I've actually tried to to top him. Um, you know, he's a total bottom. And I'm a I'm verse. Jackson, you know this. Um, <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, I'm, I'm familiar. Right. So for for me, you know... I have an internal thing that's already that's constantly in play being a versatile person where it's like, I have no control over what the, the urge that I have to do either one, you know what I mean? Like it could, it could be the guy and I'm like, Ooh, let me, you know, show me that ass or I want to see that ass. Um, or, you know, other times it could be like, you know, grab my ankles and let's let's get. But it, I have no control over that. But with that, sometimes it could also clash. Like if I go, if I'm in a room full of guys, it's it can be overload. Um, but being in a relationship with a guy that's a total bottom for the first time, um, because the last couple of relationships, um, I was the bottom, and I still enjoy being a bottom but i think as i get older and it happens less i'm kind of in a, a area where it's like eh, i could take it or leave it i wouldn't turn it down that's how um, i feel too and that 
actually ties into what we what you mentioned i think before we had one of our breaks um <laughs> one of our commercial <laughs> breaks <laughs> um that you said that i i definitely wanted to speak on sure. where you said it seemed like it was easy for you it's easier to bottom than to top i find that to be that is such a matter of individual and by individual i actually mean again going back to health i mean physiology for me I've got, I've got, if I'm bottoming, right, or if I'm even in the mood, which is, le like you said, less and less as, I, as I'm aging for whatever reason, hopefully we'll find us, you know, we'll figure out the answer by the end of the show. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking about the work involved, right? I'm thinking about the cleaning. I'm thinking about the making sure that everything is okay back there to make sure that the experience is pleasurable not just for the top because I'm not like I'm not some like you know sub, I'm not super I'm not sub and I'm not here to like please my king or whatever <laughs> I'm, I'm I, I just want I just I just don't want any issues you know what I mean right. I don't want any I don't want issues I don't want problems I don't want mess I want I uh, I want uh, just uh, just a nice clean squeaky easy in and out let's get it done kind of thing hopefully with some making out and some heavy petting beforehand right, <laughs> right. and so and so like when i'm thinking about it i'm like gosh like how long is this going to take because again as i age and and my body changes and especially again like touch in it and i i actually put this down in the pandemic because i was thinking about my eating and exercising habits as related to the pandemic, not so much related to aging. Uh, maybe that's wrong. Maybe, <laughs> maybe if I were to go back and revise it, it'd be a little different. But anyway, um, you know, I just, I don't know, like, let's be frank, you know, your body changes and that includes your GI tract. And that means you got to think about things that maybe you didn't have to think about when you were 20, right? right. You, you know, and that makes it, annoying <laughs> <laughs> i know right like i am thinking about like cancers and stuff and oh gosh and yeah that's that's a very real thing too cancers and like viruses and um not only as somebody that has an anus but as somebody that eats them too like there was I don't know if you caught wind of this, like the stories that were coming out. This is, it was pre COVID where it was like, there was this art, these articles circulating, um, tying stomach worms and stomach viruses to ass eating. Oh, well, I have a, I have an anecdote. I have a personal anecdote as a gastroenterologist about this. So I am, I didn't, I don't know that I saw that, I didn't need to because I've gotten I have the full tea laid out already by a medical professional about this. So yes, <laughs> you want to talk about this or you want me to tell my anecdote first? Where <laughs> who's gonna go first? Oh shit! Uh, <laughs> I know, pick my poison. Um, <laughs> um, I say we could pension we could pin that for later in the episode. Right. I don't. So I, I want to stay on the flow. Okay. Um, you know, yeah. we're still talking about being less sexual, even though the love is strong. Um, yeah. So that's another frustrating thing. Oh, sorry. I feel like I'm interrupting a little bit, but no, the, no, 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 no. The, 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 the fix in, fix into that is like, you know, I, I, you know, it, you know, you hear it once or twice. 
uh, you know, oh, oh yeah, you know, oh the sex life, you know, you got to fix that. And like that just feels I'm I mean not to offend anyone in the audience, but something to really consider is like the way you speak to gay people or the way you speak to people in like an open relationship or the way you speak to anybody, like saying something along the lines of like, oh, you know, oh, you're not having sex with your partner. You better work on that or they're going to leave you or they're going to cheat on you as an unnecessary and frankly false um, worry into what is already a very stressful life because I absolutely fundamentally disagree with the idea that I have to, you know, open up my baloney hole for my husband in order for us to be in a healthy, prosperous relationship. We are healthy. We are prosperous. We talk all the time. We, we, we delight over dinner. We delight over a wine pairing. We delight over various shows. We delight in seeing each other happy. To his, him seeing me passionate when I returned to teaching brought joy to him. Me seeing him flourish brings joy to me. We are partners. I don't need his dick inside of me in order for us to be best friends. It's, you know, and so I just find that to be, if I may, and hopefully again, not offending anybody, I find that to be a very heteronormative way of thinking and a very old fashioned way of thinking, right? Where the uh, receiver of the dick is supposed to be this like pleasure vessel for the one with the dick, i.e. the top, if you will, right? I just think that's very outmoded. Okay. Sorry, I had to get that off my chest. <laughs> oh, and I live. Um, and it's interesting that people retain that and hold that up. Like, it's something to be proud of. Like, there's something special, very special about what they got going on over there. Like, nobody... Like everybody's happy, nobody's like hungry, nobody's depressed, um, nobody has poor self-image, uh, body issues. Like everybody's happy over there. But it's like the shit that we go through as gay men is, well, some of the stuff as far as like relationships and stuff. It's a universal thing. Like it's not like what we what we navigate through doesn't doesn't make the other side more special you know what i mean like people and this whole heteronormative thing this attitude oh you know you better hit that gym or he'll leave you or you know this is what you do to keep a man and you right, know right, think right. like a man act like a woman it's like please yeah. Um, yeah, and it is. It, it, it's funny you put it in those gendered terms because oftentimes the burden does fall on women, right? Oh well, if you want your man to be happy, you need to put out, or you need to lose weight, or you right. need to do this, that, and the other. And the burden falls on the woman. The man can be the most disgusting, pig ass piece of shit on the planet, and it's like, yeah, buy her a fla buy her flowers once a year in the middle of the fucking winter, and she'll be happy. Right. But women, it's a daily, constant thing. It's it's really fucked up. And, it is. And, and gay men have their own version of it, which I we, we I do. have later on in the <laughs> as we as we'll as we'll see later on in the episode. And we'll pin <laughs> that for later because when I tell you, the tea will runneth over. I like I on wait. on both on both sides because you know I have girlfriends that date. And they come to work and tell me their dating stories and stuff. And I think 
what they experience in the dating world is tied to those those archaic standards that are placed upon women. And yeah. with that, it it empowers men to be as misogynistic and rude on dates and shit like that. But anyway, um, so yeah, when it, it comes to, when it comes to me, I want to kind of wrap, you know, number four under aging, um, <laughs> because, you know, again, I want to push the point in the reality that although me and my guy are not having as much sex, and keep in mind, like, we still get, we still do the sloppy toppy, you know, which is give each other head. I may give him a hand job in passing. Um, I might play with his butt, you know. In pa- what do you mean a hand job in passing? Like, he's he's brushing his teeth, he's getting ready for work in the morning, and you just slip in behind. Well, he tosses well, it in the sink. Like, oh what, what, what are you? Can you <laughs> I mean, I know. How I'll nice have, would that be, right? <laughs> I'll add that to my list. But yeah. no, but like, like just this past weekend, um, you know, he was at his, his desk in the living room. And, you know, what we do around here is we're pantsless when we're at home. So I went out there just to hang out with him for a little bit and talk and just shoot the shit. And his dick was just right there. And I just started to play with it. And maybe 10 minutes later, here we are. So, it, right. you know, it's I wanted to give that example to just push you know further the point that you made that you know although we are not as sexually active together we still have those moments like we still have date nights on wednesdays at our favorite bar a bar i love you've told me about this and i'm i'm jealous i love 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 that you do this so which by the way we still need to do the double date thing uh, I would imagine summer's probably the best um, right. to do well, that. Yeah. Um, and there's no Perhaps pressure. We'll save that for offline. <laughs> well, right, 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 right. So show. even though things have changed sexually, and it's it's more so my health stuff, because, you know, as the top, there is a little bit more pressure, I feel, um, to perform. Um and it's that's just I think me putting it on myself, um, because we're we're also open, and I don't I don't inflict that or manifest that onto him. You know what I mean? Like, well, okay, I can't do it right now. Um, so you know, you're on your own or do whatever or you know I don't. I don't do, I'm not that kind of guy. I'm not wired that way where it's just like, well, I can't do it. Um, so you can't either, you know, toxic shit like that. But, yeah. um, and, and clothes really toxic. I'm just, they gonna, are, I'm they go against Nate. They like, people just need to understand that men are just not wired to be monogamous. And I would argue that I, I want to put I want to bring women I want to I want to be inclusive and bring women into that too. I mean, I was about to I think go there. Some, I, I I certainly think biologically, you you know, you could certainly make this out of the other case about men and and you in or or male animals in general. 
definitely true. That cannot be denied. But I think too, like, I think women and non-binary people, trans people and men all deserve the right to say like, you know what, I'm just wired in a way that makes me more sexual or makes me wish to sex with more than one partner. And the only reason why I'm not allowed to is like 2000 years of, uh, you know, Bullshit. arbitrary moral values being put on me. Uh, for the stability of the society or whatever. And it is wild. But, of course, we know that's a whole separate episode. I'm too excited. It is. Um, Shall we talk about the the positives of, of aging? I, I, th- sure. I, I wanted to, because I wanted to, I, I really, you know, because I'm thinking about the aging and it's like, yeah, my body hurts. Okay, but I found new shoes. Oh, you know, I don't like that this gut is, that I'll save that for the pandemic. So that makes me feel bad about myself. So maybe I'm a little fatter than I normally am. Okay. And so, so on and so forth. Right. And maybe you think, Oh, I'm not, am I doing my relationship right? And so you get all that in your head too. But the, but one of the benefits I've found, and I don't think this has anything to do with the circumstances of our times or the pandemic. I think it really is. I, I finally reached an age where I really don't care about too, very much for, uh, in most circumstances. I can, I'm not going to say in all circumstances. I think it's important to have cooth and to be you know, professional in, in certain settings. But in, especially in personal life situations, I just I don't worry about the things I can't control as much. Like I don't love getting in the car and having to drive for an hour a day because I feel like, you know, so I'm not like, oh, if I just get, if I get hit by a tractor trailer, that's the end of it. Nope. No worries here. Okay. No, that's not necessarily true. But what I, what I mean when I say like, I don't worry about the things I can't control is like, there are truly things that I just simply don't. And I'm, I'm finding that as I age, <clears throat> I'm not. I just don't care about that as, as much. And that is a de-stressor, I think. And it, and it, and it connects to people too, right? Because certain people, the things that they're thinking about, the things they're worrying about, y- you start looking at it and you're going, you know what? I, I want to care about this. I, I want to think this is important, but the world is burning right now. There are bigger fish to fry. And we need to get out of the bubbles or we need to get, uh, we need to stop the small thinking. And I'm just, I'm moving on. And I, and I think that's part of aging. I think that's part of maturing. I think that's part of me kind of deciding, okay, this is something that I can fight for. (coughs) Something over here on the other end where I can't fix this at all. So I'm not going to worry about that at all. And Um, and again, I'm talking personally, not politically or anything. Um, I think when it comes to that kind of um, realization, I think it hits people at different ages. Um, I think that, you know, there there may be a person out there like myself who was exposed to a lot of negative things and a lot of traumatic and dramatic things early on in life. And with that, we come to the realization a little early. And with that, it's like, I, we develop a sense of awareness uh, and a sense of boundary and 
a sense of choice. I'm choosing not to feed into this. I'm choosing not to give my energy into something that gives me a bad vibe or a person that just is not reciprocating. And that's just fine. Like I am choosing to withdraw more um, instead of invest more. Um, have this energy for more positive and productive things. Um, I still see you and I still know that you're there, but we can just keep this the way that it is or the current state. And I'll just do more stuff over here. Like that kind of thing, you know, doesn't stop at like, incidental things, you know, traffic and accidents, or, you know, this just so happens to be the day that this happens and you didn't see it coming. Um, but, you know, the self-care and the mental health, um, which again, that's a whole, that's a whole nother discussion. And there's like a whole journey that goes through that. Um, but that too plays a part in, self-actualization and self-realization where it's just like, I am aware what, you know, and a a lot of people, there are still people out there that have not gotten to this point and that's fine. You know, each journey is different um, where it's just like, you know, I, I can tell that you, you want that you're feeding off of what this, what this is. Like you're looking to uh, to argue or poke or whatever, and I just I'm not there. You know, if this was ten years ago, maybe this was fifteen years ago, maybe. Um, but for the sake of my health, and this this didn't take until I got to thirty nine or about to be forty to get to this point. I've been like this since I was 16, 16, 17 years old. Um, You know, when you're somebody that lives or is around a person that is about self and being dramatic and having this whole performative thing, like, on a regular basis, but it's somebody that you love, it's like you come to a point where you're like, I don't have to experience this the rest of my life. I don't have to be around this the rest of my life. Um, and, and this, I know these, uh, collection of situations probably don't make sense or are not normal to everybody else, but I don't, this doesn't have to be my future. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, that's such a good thing to remember too, right? Like you can change things. We have the ability to change. It may be hard give, in, in, under certain circumstances, but that's one of the fun things about being human, right? We can do things to try to make things different than the way they are. Right. Um, and, you know, on the, on the opposite end of that, um, you know, not to put my, my partner out there like that, but... You know, although he is um, almost 12 years older than I, um, he 
he is a reactive person. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and on top of that, he he listens to NPR the first thing in the morning, which to anybody that that listens to the news or reads the news or you know for even five minutes a day, the first thing in the morning, it's like that's all dread. Like it's all of that is dread. You know what I mean? Like these people are paid. These productions are put on to like f- push out dreadful shit. Um, and my mom was the same way. Like she, she didn't travel a lot. Like she literally, her life was work and home, work and home, maybe go out to a happy hour, work home. That was her life. Like, didn't travel to see the world, probably didn't have enough money to do so. So her wherewithal about the world came from the news. Again, it's their job to push out all the negative stuff. Like, look at the, look at WJZ or WBAL. Like, all they talk about is the crime. And maybe, like, one feel-good story about a kid that opened up, like, a lemonade stand. But... <laughs> Mm-hmm. 99% is, you know, the crime or more speed cameras or, you know, the mayor and the gift cards or, you know, footage of a cop punching out a guy or somebody from the Raven stabbed somebody at the Inner Harbor. Like, you know, like on a regular basis, most of my life. Like the first seventeen years, that's all that was. That's all she would look at. And then you know, my grandmother is the same way. Where she, it's either the baseball game, uh, reruns of Chips, or she's watching um, CNN. Like when Trump was president, that that she never missed a beat. Again, more dread, more like stress inducing type of shit and you know when they're your parents and your grandparents that stuff tends to come your way where it's just like they're like hypochondriacs about the world and they make no sense and they they go overboard with stuff in their house as far as you know little stuff like oh you know gotta cover the windows or, you know, you got to put foil on everything or, you know, you got to put this down and I heard this. So we got to use this. And I'm like, please go outside. But it's, again, like you can only control what you'll receive and accept or, you know, actually do like the other person, whatever. But see, more tea. I'm giving you more tea. Um so it's the, the the stress, you know, shit you can't control and people who aren't worth your time. Um, and then, like, the fucking aspect where it's like, it can be just the thought alone is a lot of work. And, you know, going through, I guess, like a, a list of what you want to do or even discussing it with somebody else that you're interested in at the moment um and shit changes and it's like well okay can't control that i thought we had something going but 
Um, as you get yeah. older, it's like, eh, it happens more than it should, but I can't yeah. control it. I mean, and that actually brings up a good point that might help us transition into the pandemic, I think. Um, I, long before the pandemic, well, not long before, but a little before the pandemic, I started being irritated, not irritated, I don't really get irritated. I started getting just kind of bothered by or feeling some kind of way about pushy guys, right? right. People who are, you know, pushy, 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 which again, um, down in the, uh, the uh, a little bit of both column, right? A little aging, a little pandemic. And this is definitely an aging thing. You know, people who are push, 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 like, you know, you know, oh, you didn't respond right away. And I'm, you know, so what, you know, what, you don't like me. Oh, okay, whoa, 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 I don't know you, you're a stranger. This kind of thing. Like, I, I, maybe I would feel, I would spend a lot more time worrying about other people's feelings when I was younger. And that, of course, is not common, right? Some people, I mean, you know how many, you, I'm sure you've been, oh gosh, what, are you in Baltimore right now? I'm hearing like pilots <laughs> in the background. <laughs> well, we're right down the right down the street or up the street from like the firehouse. Oh, that's well, fun. one of two firehouses on the same stretch. Oh, nice. Um, but yeah, anyway, we, I just, I, I can't worry about strangers. And I don't mean that in the like the like the nasty, bad, conservative way of like I don't care about others or I lack empathy. I don't mean it like that. I just mean like if a stranger is like pressed because I didn't respond to their wolf <laughs> on scruff, I'm like mm move on dude like right. i've woofed at plenty of dudes who've never given me the time of day back and <coughs> if, if there's an expectation that i in my mind that they ought to i need to reassess my values um and luckily i've never been like that um mostly because of um lack of self-confidence speaking <laughs> of lack of self-confidence see how i shoehorned that in there what yes. about the pandemic right so that's uh. so that's aging so let us let us lay out the pandemic. You might have to break this into a two-parter, my friend. Um, you <laughs> you got the pandemic here, and I I've thought about this so much because I I know what happened to me during the pandemic is not what happened to everybody, but it it happened, and I can't take it back. I can't change it. It, it can't be made different. It is what it is. To use a turn of phrase, <laughs> I. I was terrified and kind of still am terrified of going to the gym during the pandemic. And I stopped exercising. I could have gone outside every single day with a mask on or without a mask on. I could have gone somewhere where there were no other humans and walked around because the earth is a big, beautiful place full of stuff that, and you can find places where there aren't any humans. And instead I did nothing. And I just, like, what the fuck, you know? Like, why, why, why did I do that? And so I think about the pandemic, like no gym means no exercise. I don't know about you, but like a good workout for me is like 45 to six, or was, I'm gonna say not is, was 45 to 60 minutes of running, some crunches, a little stretching, some muscle work, then I'd hop in the pool, then I'd go in the jacuzzi, 
Then I do the sauna. I shower. Yeah, that sounds like two and a half hours, and it is. And it, I don't. I didn't do it every day. I didn't need to. I felt like a million fucking dollars. And I also, after that, guess what? I was RTF. I was ready to fuck. I was like, oh my God, I am so clean. I feel so good. Everything is balanced. I need to get this out of me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right, I, right. I, I, I'm at my most topish when I'm feeling like especially fit and when I'm, I'm feeling especially like done with exercise because it actually kind of gives me energy, especially after I rest for just a little bit afterwards and I'm super clean. I'm just like, this is the time. Who, who's around? Who can I, you know, who can I bang? <laughs> who's consenting? Who wants to hang out with me? And without that, I kind of wondered like, okay, is the lack of exercise making me less horny? What do you think? I can definitely feel that. Like, it's definitely a real thing. Um, and I think that's more of an aging kind of thing. Cause, um, Interesting. Because, you know, it, it's true that after the age of 35, like, men naturally, things just naturally start to change as far as libido and stuff like that. Um, so I feel like we're kind of... Um, when we go to work out, we're kind of working against it. Um, and um, for me personally, I'm trying to overcome it. Because um, I have two things working kind of like against me. Um, you know, what's on the cyst, of course, which is directly on the gland and everything. And also my age. Um and also the fact that, like, I'm behind the ball as far as um, working out and being active and stuff because I was never that guy um, in high school and college and stuff or even in the military. I think the most I ever worked out steadily was, like, the seven weeks in basic training. And that's only because I had to. Oh, wow. Because um, for me, it was just, like, being comfortable and having a routine and not, not, I'm not that I'd like, I don't think I'm wired to be that guy, but it's like, again, but you know, all that being comfortable and not being active in my youth and stuff. Um, in a way I'm kind of paying for that right now. Um, to where, you know, the aches and the, and the the twinges and stuff I either feel during the workout or after the workout is from all those years of inactivity. And, you know, that's prior to me, you know, going back to college and walking from the car to the classes and stuff like that, which, again, was probably the most active I've been since the military days, but there's still that gap between those two phases of my life. Um, so I, I, I definitely feel that was me when I first started, um, going back to the gym back in January, like within the first couple of weeks, I was like, okay, I think I'm ready now. Um, 
but it was fleeting. Like, you know, it was fleeting. It wasn't a constant thing. Um, and it's like right now, it's like as long as I continue to work out, the feeling may come back again, come back around. It may not be as strong, but it'll come back around. So I definitely feel like there's a connection to that, especially in our age group. Yeah, I'm feeling the same way. Um, and thinking too about like, you know, obviously we alluded to earlier, it's, you know, it's dangerous to pinpoint one problem, right? That's always like the simple solution in a sitcom or a drama, right? Oh, there's one, one answer, right? And as soon as I find that answer, it's very dangerous to have that kind of thinking. Um, so it's not just a, it's a variety of different factors, but uh, I think about like, you know, and that, and that's what had me leading t- into the next thing that I'm thinking about. Is horniness the same as sex drive? And we kind of, again, touched on this earlier too. Like if I want to jerk off instead of having sex, does that mean I have a low sex drive? Like sex drive about anything. Like I feel like the fact that I can get hard and want to masturbate suggests that I... No, nothing's functionally wrong. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I, but I like do. that doesn't mean that I want to be around another person. <laughs> right, right. So I think there is a difference between the two. Um, okay. Or, yeah, I think the sex drive is is just a thread through all of that. The horniness is that extra oomph. Um, like you'll always, I think you'll always have a drive for sex, um, no matter what level it is. But the horniness is like that that shock or that that thrill, that thrilling feeling that you have. Um, like I, even though I'm kind of struggling or I have my struggles with my um, my sex drive, I still do get horny, um, and it may last a while. It may be just for a couple of minutes. Like I still have those windows of time where I jerk, I jerk off maybe four or five times. Um, sometimes in one day and it comes out of nowhere. It, it, I still have those. And that's been a thing since my twenties. Um, I know I've heard, I've heard tell of men like this. Um, I've, I've never been quite like this myself, but, uh, you know, it's weird. Like, um, when I was into the treasure Island movies, um, to where I was like, I would buy new, the new ones, um, once or twice a month or three times a year or whatever, um, I would put those on and I would be on one movie for like weeks and I would just bang, 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 bang. And then, you know, go to work or go on about life and then lightning will strike again. And it's like, bang, 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 bang. 
And it's like, where is this from? And I'm in my thirties at this point. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like I'm already kind of like in that mode where it's like, Oh, okay. This is a good time. I'm alone. <laughs> I can get this out of the way. It's in, and, in, in, and that sounds kind of sad to say it out loud. Right. Cause it almost sounds like I've turned it into a chore rather than something desirable. Right. I can see that. Um, but it's it's from a place of reality, so it's nothing. I mean, it's it's the truth. It's yeah, not, yeah, exactly. Um, it's nothing. You know, the truth and reality is nothing to be ashamed of. Um, and it's not. I don't think it's something to like put much thought into. It's you know we. Hold on, I'm sorry. We have to interrupt this podcast. Someone has knocked on my door three times. Sorry, can you edit this part? Yeah. Something is happening. It's probably one of the cats. I think it's one of the cats. Like, Daddy, let us in. Daddy, we want to come in and rub our heads across your legs. Daddy, we want to be on the podcast too. Daddy, good lord, Jesus. was it one of the cats? No, it's people banging on my door. Do you hear like the there was somebody knocking? The energy people are always coming around. Like, I what? was about to say that the energy and, people, and I'm like, I don't give a fuck about this. You gotta go. You, you gotta know that go. shit. You know that shit's a scam. Yeah, I do. So. We could talk about that on another episode. Um, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe you and Garrick. <laughs> uh, hello. Um, um, no, but I definitely feel like horniness is separate from sex drive. That's a good point. I like the way you put that because horniness is there's like a desire, right? Like you see, you see someone that elevates the sex drive, and that's horniness, right? There's that. It's that feeling of being horny, right? Where you're you get a little excited, like well, what, like I mentioned in the text message I sent you that prompted this episode where I was like, <laughs> thinking about like, you know, uh, different things. And I was thinking, you know, what is the matter with me? Because that's, because when, right, when you have changes to your body or the way that you normally operate, your the normal human brain is like, what's the matter with me, right? Like, why are these changes happening? Which is kind of what prompted all of this. So. Yeah, um, I feel like corniness is like a plot point along the graph or the scale of sex drive. <laughs> I like that. That's nice. Because um, I'll tell you this. Um, there are, there's this guy, uh, again, more tea time. Um, there's this guy at my job who's like the building manager, right? And you know, I'm at work, so, like, sex is not on my mind. Like, you, you know, there's, like, moments in life where it's just, like, you could be far removed mentally from even the idea of sex, right? Um, so your, 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 your drive is not there. Like, you're in a different headspace. And you come across a guy... Um, and you're in my building, like, like I did. Like I, I come, like this guy pops up every once in a while. 
because he's like the building manager at the main building. And he, so there, there's something about him. Like he, he may not tickle the fancy of a lot of people. Like, but I have a reaction to him. Like, I've, we've crossed paths like three or four times. And it's not like my dick gets hard or anything, but there's definitely a chemical reaction to him. Like, there was one time I actually walked away sweating. Oh, just, really? <laughs> just from talking to him. Like and, in a like like a like a cartoon almost. <laughs> yeah, like I was sweating, um, and you know I wasn't horny per se, and it wasn't like a sex drive thing. It was just, it's just something. It's one of those things where it's like you're just going on about your life or your day, and you're in a place where horniness and sex drive are not in your wheelhouse, so to speak. But then, you know, there's this guy or there's this moment and it's just like, what the fuck was that? Um, and that may or may not be, um, that may or may not further the point of horniness or sex drive. But I just had to throw it in there because I was just like, actually you, you prompted me to realize something that is very deeply connected to that. A somebody Facebook friended me and I saw the name and I didn't recognize it. And then I saw the face and it seemed somewhat familiar to me. And I said, oh, okay, fine. I'll, and I added them as a friend. <clears throat> I didn't think anything of it. A few days later, they messaged me through messenger of and course. they said, Hey, long time no see. It's so good to like to see you again. How have you been? How, you know, sorry, we lost contact after all these years. And it was somebody who I apparently was with in my second or third year in New York. So that would have been, let's say, 2012, I guess, so 10 years ago. And the, and uh, he reminded me of the funniest thing, uh, probably the funniest way I've ever met somebody, because usually I just meet people online because I'm like like a, like a self-conscious, introverted, like, online person although i am outgoing in other ways when it comes to this kind of stuff i'm usually just like leave it online anyway we did this thing we were walking down the street this is in manhattan i think i must have been on my lunch break and he checked me out when he walked past me and i noticed it and i was checking him out as well he was a handsome uh fellow shaved head goatee i uh, uh, an A shirt on under a light button up top uh, with some nice linen pants, some very nice uh, properly cut linen pants. You can kind of imagine it, a little Caribbean vibe going on. Yeah. And I'm like, so of course I'm like, wow, okay. And guess what happened? Five seconds later, after we passed each other, we both looked back at each other at the same time. Mm. And we noticed that we were both looking back at each other at the same time. And so he 
and normally I, I I don't know I I don't even know what I would do now if something like that happened I'd probably like <laughs> be embarrassed and run off or something, but uh, you know that's not how you behave on Park Avenue. So instead he just put up his hand and I just stopped and turned around and we started talking. We had a little lunch. One thing led to another. Yada yada yada. You know where this goes. And I had totally forgotten about this story. I'd totally forgotten that that had happened. And I think that's kind of but it fits perfectly into what you're talking about like sex drive be damned it's there no matter what where whatever wherever it is like there was an instant attraction with someone it led to a level of horniness there was an excitement right there was this there was this energy between us that developed through a mutual interest in our physical appearances between one another and it just kind of rolled on from there right and i i definitely think that i i get what you're saying i it's yeah it's certainly a difference yeah it's um but that was 10 years ago when i was in my oh family. well <laughs> yeah but it's like it's a it's along this it's along the same it's almost parallel to what to my example with the the treasure island porn where it was like um this this ongoing feeling an aggressive feeling that just swoops in and it takes over your whole body and then it leaves it's it's kind of the same thing with this guy um and it's like i'm not horny but there's something and it's it's crazy. It's uh, oh, I was just having another flashback regarding him. Oh, it's well, it's those are the best, aren't they? Are they? Yeah. Um, so, nevertheless, I, I wish I could have flashbacks about the person I just mentioned, but I do not remember. <laughs> the, well, <laughs> the yeah, I'm like part. on the other uh, end of nice that. Nice to be I put just, in touch again, I guess. <laughs> where I remember everything, um, and I still. Which is a blessing and a curse sometimes, but I remember more physical things I've done in my past. Um, some of which were at in that same building. Um that I still lock into and get off to. Um but moving on. Um oh, yeah. I definitely kind of feel this um i'm actually i talked to my personal trainer about this um on a pretty regular basis she's probably sick of me mentioning it but um the feeling of being bloated um and the fear of sex and does it not necessarily affect sex drive right um you want to you want to tee this off yeah, well, I'm just thinking about it in terms of me, like everybody's different. You know, some people are very comfortable with their themselves, with their bodies, with their, their lifestyles. And, and uh, every single person like that, whether they're 105 pounds or 350 pounds, I'm always jealous of them, right? Because I am just never capable of this, right? I am comfortable one way i'm not comfortable in other ways it, and and it's, a, it's just always been a struggle for me since i was young for i mean because of where i grew up and how i grew up and and weight loss 
issues and struggles in the past and all of that fun stuff. And so like one of the things the pandemic did is uh, I, I, I was very good about my sugar. Obviously the gym plays a part, right? Like you can have a, you can have a sugar every now and then if you're going and running for 45 minutes every other day, but no gym, no exercise. And then boom, suddenly we're in a situation where, uh, <laughs> you know, oh, we have nothing to do. We can't leave the house. Let's make bread. Uh, okay, must we? Okay, fine. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, who doesn't love bread? I mean, people who are like, I don't like bread. I don't believe them. Like you can say, I choose not to eat bread for X, Y, Z reason. But people who are like, oh, I don't think bread is good are like lying because they have to lie to themselves so that they can prevent themselves from eating bread. <laughs> That's what I, I you, you can't convince me of anything else. And so we were doing all kinds of things. And I just got a Facebook memory last week that was like, do you remember two years ago? Now think about that. That's April 2020, Oof. a month into the pandemic, Garrick and I made eclairs. I, so, I think I remember that. That's fun. Um, okay, so we've got eclairs, but we also made bulls. Garrick tried to make a sourdough. I mean, it's just bread and bread and bread and dessert, dessert, dessert. Baking was like this thing. And there's so many people whose metabolisms are not like all herky-jerky like mine who can just kind of just metabolize that food. It's not a problem, you know, a little bit of exercise. And again, if I had been, if I had chosen to go, go outdoors and be more active outside of the gym, maybe it wouldn't be a problem for me either. But we were also just eating more meat. I mean, my dad, he didn't, I wouldn't say he went into panic mode. That would not be an accurate assessment, but he definitely, and my mother too, were kind of like, oh, like, let us help you out, especially after we both got laid off and had to start like scrounging around for part-time jobs in the middle of 2020. It was, uh, you know, my dad was like, here's a packet of Omaha steaks, just a bunch of steaks, have all the steaks you want. And I'm like, well, awesome. Who doesn't love a good steak? Right. The thing about a good steak is it, there's like diminishing returns, if you will. Remember the economic principles from microeconomics, right? You know, you have a steak every now and then and you go, wow, what a good steak. You have steak all the time and you're like, is there anything else to eat other than beef? <laughs> and, 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 we tried, you know, we were aware of it. It was like, it was like watching a train wreck happen, but you're in the train, right? <laughs> because we're just like, because nothing changed, nothing stopped, right? And so it's just like meat and sugar and, and carbs and all of this stuff. And so you, you just get to a certain point. And I, especially, I do think this is a pandemic and I don't think anyone should be shamed or blamed for this. But for, I, so I'm just talking about me personally. I sit here now with, a lot of extra weight on me put on over the last two years, feeling bloated, feeling overweight, feeling frankly, not sexually attractive, which again, that's a beauty standard that is in my head. And it's, it's not as easy as just going, well, you just need to think differently. That's not how it works. Right? Like I think the way I think, and I can't magically change that. And so that's what this is about. And I think, well, okay, what's the thing that's affecting the sex drive? Um, I, is my sex drive affected because I don't find myself sexually attractive and I don't think others will, or am I literally 
so bloated and feeling overweight that I'm just like, oh God, no, I don't want to be around anybody else. You know, there's, and again, it all ties into this whole, like, there's no one answer, but like, this is, I think for me anyway, it's a part of it, right? It's a part of feeling like, I don't want to meet a stranger and have them say, oh God, you, you're, you look like this, or you look like that, or, or, or I, I don't want that, right? I'm vulnerable, right? The pandemic made all of us very vulnerable. So opening yourself up to more sexual experiences, especially again with strangers, makes you even more vulnerable. Yeah, definitely. And this, you know, especially when, you know, you and I are in, are part of a community that is superficial and, you know, connects uh, desirability to preference to, you know, urge to, and it's, and it's still all very much superficial. Like there are a lot of us out here and I'm sure you and I have experiences in the past and may have some in the future where we are rejected pretty fast. Um, just off of pictures. Um, Oh yeah. Whether it's like one of the five or six that you've uploaded in your profile or it's one that you sent and, or you're you know, at the door of somebody and you sent them fresh pictures and somehow you in your physical presence still somehow isn't good enough for them. So they send you away right then and there. Right. That's and only it's, happened to me once, but once was enough. <laughs> I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. What an so experience. It, so here's another, another point that I want to throw in there. Um, you know, it's, because you know, because we're because the community is superficial, and um, and with that, it's all about the outside. Um, they don't they can give a shit less what you got going on, on the inside, psychologically, mentally, emotionally, or whatever. Like in this when the window of time, like it's all about how you look or what you look like, and. With that, the reality is I will get rejected more than you will. And I think we both know why. Mm, that's, right. that's a really good point. I you right. know, something so like- so um you know for me um that compounds on top of what you and I go through just being gay men in the community. Like we're still being picked apart already. Um, you know, body shaming and phobias and shit like that, just on the physical level. But I know, and this is a reality and a discussion that people don't want to have, but I know and it's my reality that I will get rejected more because I'm not white. Um, and as much as people, there are people out there that are listening to this, want to say, no, it's not that, but they'll say it's this, which doesn't make it any better. It's like, no, it, they're not rejecting you because you're black. They're rejecting you because you're not attractive. Well, thank you. 
Like, okay. Yeah. Um, That's supposed to make it better. Right. Um, So, but I'm saying like that I kind of deviate a little bit, but I had to put that in there in this episode because that is too part of the physical. Like, as, absolutely. um, And, you know, as far as the weight and the bloat and everything, um, you know, I did. I did a scene recently for my um, shameless plug uh, for my just for fans. Um, and I, I, there's an angle in the, in the, in the scene that I taped where, you know, the phone's on the nightstand and like the guy's out of frame and you can see like my frame, like, you know, the curves and, the the pudge in the front that's gotten smaller, just literally how my my body is structured, um, mm-hmm. and I was watching myself in motion, just being critical of myself, not like really trying to, not thinking about getting off to myself because that's kind of weird. Um, <laughs> although I I admit that I do get turned on sometimes watching watching my scene with some people, but no, but like as I'm editing and playing it. I'm looking at my frame and I'm like, you know, there, I'm sure that's genetic. Like, well, of course, cause you know, your frame and how you're curved. Um, and, you know, in the back of my mind, I wish I, I looked like some of the guys I see at the gym or some of the guys I see on TikTok, but I'm like, part of that comes down to genetics and what your frame is. Um, and that too plays a part um, into genetics. And it could be also me doing the workout stuff later in life where, you know, the frame that I have now is how it's always going to be. Um, it may not, Um, There may be subtle nuances to it or subtle changes to it, but this frame that I have where it's like I have a curve and, you know, it looks like my, my top hat, my, like the chest part just kind of sits high and my arms kind of fall the way that they do at my you know at the distance from my hip like little shit and I, and I look at myself in the mirror when I'm naked and I'm like yeah this probably is not going to improve as I work out more um, <laughs> yeah. where I'm like I'm having love handles my friend <laughs> I have those and I was telling oh, my personal see, and, trainer see, and I don't even think about that I, I would never even have noticed to me my love handles are the thing that stick out. It's just like, why, 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 why? Like, I, that's why couldn't all this, thing. Why couldn't I, all this fat go to my ass? Like, people would be ringing, you know, I'd be getting phone calls. <laughs> my brain. <laughs> left and right, people would be dying for me. And it, instead. <laughs> that's another thing I look at. Too. Well, I can't miss it, but it's just the way that it, again, part of the curve it kind of has a, a slight put, a pudge at the waist on the sides. And I'm just like, I asked my personal trainer the other day, uh, the other day I was like, well, what can I do to get rid of that? She was like, you know, uh, no matter how often you work out or how long you work out, the stomach is the last to go. Like, 
you, you shouldn't focus on that. Like it'll happen over time. And I was like, okay. But I just looking at the scene again, I was like, I do not like that, but I have no control over that. And yeah. luckily, you know, being exposed to physical training in the military early, I think it, uh, it made the focus of the weight go to my legs and my ass, which you've seen. Um, and I'm like, okay, I don't mind the bottom half. Like I've seen my ass. I don't mind my ass at all. Really? Um, there are guys out there that would probably kill to have this ass. Mm-hmm. Um, but even with all the positives, um, you know, I get super anxious and I kind of obsess anytime that the, I see the bloat or the weight, you know, the scale comes up surprisingly like higher in weight. And I'm like, I'm going to the gym every day. And then I, you know, I go to my personal trainer. I'm like, all right, the scales reading this, let's do something like I obsess over that sometimes. So, um, and that that, for me, it does kind of affect sex drive because I'm not feeling it. I'm not in the mood right now because I'm in my feelings and I'm worried about my bloat. Yeah, and being yeah, and being in your feelings is of course something that even gay men struggle to be able to, you know, articulate right because there is a whole other podcast out there for us to do in the future <laughs> on toxic masculinity within gay culture because we, we act like it doesn't exist and it does and right. it has its it has its moments um, uh, and you know yeah. Um, but yeah, it goes into the scared to meet other people. Um, but yeah, I mean, I only want to be with safe people, not to jump down to the solutions. But obviously, you know, we want to find some stopping point to this. We don't want to. We don't want to cover every issue within gay culture. But I like what you were saying there. You know, and if I can go back to your tummy a minute, there is something about like having a little bit of the dad bod vibe, right? Which was making a trend over the last few years. The dad bod. Right. right. Um, and 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 this ties into a little bit of both, right? Okay, we're aging; that can't be stopped. We move through time chronologically, and that's how life is. So get over it. Sure. Okay. Fine. I can do that. And then the other aspect, of course, is a little bit of both. Is like you know, gr- you know, grinder, scruff, gay culture. Um, these places where you have the opportunity to meet people uh, uh, for hookups, especially. I I think it's Especially, and, and again, disagree with me if you want. Uh, I, uh, I, I don't mean if you want. That wasn't a challenge. Sorry, that wasn't a challenge. I didn't challenge. mean it to come out that way. But like, I, w- I would argue, and I'm curious, and I would be, I'm, I'm open to other ideas, but I would argue that Grinder and Scruff and, and any other kind of gay hookup apps really benefited. Uh, Daddy Hunt is another one. They really benefited from the the bars having to shut down for at least the first year or year and a half of the pandemic and so you know something that i am like feeling my oats in but also like am a little uncomfortable with is the hunt for daddies right like anyone under 30 is like hey daddy like can i be your fill in the blank like weird kind of like 
pedophilia play almost kind of like name pet name i've just it's not something i'm into it's it's i i don't feel like i'm a daddy i, I understand that this is a term within the community but like i want someone to be like hey person who i respect <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't want it to be about a power. Sounds so dignified. I I know, I know. That's me. I'm I'm the I'm the queen of England over here. Let's <laughs> fuck on the stairs of the UN. Yeah, like uh, I just I just like, like I mean I don't like it. So it's not about like be. It's not a problem with like being seen that way. Again, right. like, I don't think I have a problem with aging because I'm aware that like that's what happens when time moves forward. Like <laughs> just like you get older and that's how it is. But like I I'm not I'm not a daddy, right? Like I don't I have a couple of gray hairs in the beard and a couple of long gray strands in my my man bun, but I'm not a daddy. And I'm certainly not like I'm not I'm not in a place or even in, 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 in whether sexually or or mentally to be like yeah I'm a daddy yeah come come suck on this daddy dick or whatever <laughs> like it's just like you know what I mean it's just right it's just kind of it's just not who I am as a person that's not right. going to change so... it, and it's I just like that's the first one there's some other things to to think about obviously the body shaming continues in our community uh, uh, uh shamefully but the daddy thing I think is interesting. And, you know, obviously when you think about a belly, there's something sexy about a belly. Always. To some men, not every man, right? Because a lot of men are body shamers. Um, <coughs> but in certain communities, you know, you you show a little belly and you're like, yeah, I'm a real person and I got a real belly. And that means that I like eat and watch TV just like all the other human beings on the planet. And it's like, that's, kind of like a signal i think if you will or a signifier that like that person is not fake right that that person is quote unquote keeping it real right <laughs> and you're like oh i that's someone i want to have sex with because i want to have sex with someone i feel comfortable with right right so, what do you think um <clears throat> or, or maybe the better question is have you had men on the daddy hunt reach out to you via the <laughs> via the, uh, the 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 hookup app so actually it's me that reaches out to them the most okay um, see that's nice yeah so i haven't gotten much traffic on daddy hunt i've been on there for uh, a long while and what are you, a hunter, a seeker, a master? I think I'm a chaser. <laughs> the chaser, okay. I know they have all the different terms, and I'm like, oh, they I don't know do. which term I, I don't um, know which term I am. We, we might have to do a whole episode on that. In fact, that is absolutely a whole episode. So let's add, don't that, want to spend too add much that to the list. I um, absolutely will. Probably for the other podcast that you want to do, where we just, each episode is dedicated to. A very specific thing. <laughs> In the gay community, right. <laughs> but it's, so I am what's considered a chaser of a daddy. Now, there are definitely um, differences. Well, now I'm you know, starting you, to feel old. <laughs> I'm kidding. Sorry. I know. Keep going. Um, <laughs> no, but there are definitely differences as to, I guess... 
the severity of it. You know, you have guys that are strictly about daddies. They will shut up about it. They're about only being in a relationship or chasing after daddies. And I guess <coughs> the exchange is that he's the daddy and I'm the whatever. And then you have an actual um, an actual environment that caters to the, the daddy-son thing. Um, there's actually, um, I guess, a kink category, like a flag color. And, you know, in, in the kink and leather community, designated for that. <coughs> Sorry. And, you know, there are younger guys or guys my age that are for the sun, you know, just are looking to fill that sun part. And they flag a certain side for that. And then there are older guys that are looking for a sun or a sun type. And, you know, they flag on the opposite side for that. And I want to be clear. May, may I may I do a little bit of interrupting? Here? Of course. I want to be clear. I don't think on a cultural, like a cultural level, I don't think there's anything wrong. And, and my, interest, my interest here is not in criticizing that particular, uh, that, that particular way of expressing sexuality. I'm thinking about it actually specifically as it relates to like, me and the pandemic and the gray hair and the pot belly and the uh you know the pot belly being the pandemic the gray hair being the uh stress the, the aging and suddenly kind of you know and as i continue to update the profile you know i i, I honestly I, honestly dude i don't think two years ago i don't think anyone would have been like hey daddy and now, anytime I fire up, especially on Grinder, anytime I fire that up, if anyone even bothers to look at me at all, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, hey, daddy, you're looking great. And I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, I guess I am old. And so it's uh, what my problem is not with the culture. I want to be very, very, very clear. People who are uh, consenting adults may can do what they like, but it's the part of it i guess it's it's like the reminder like you're old now like you are not you are not young you have gray hair in your beard and you don't dye it and that means that you look old to, to men on grinder now <laughs> and so therefore you're a daddy and that's really what i'm thinking about just in terms again of the of of the of the subject here um because there's obviously like if you you know if you're, if you're, you know, if you identify with this community, like that's cool with me. It's about me personally being like, never having really thought of myself that way. And then suddenly having like, say a young, attractive, like twinkish 25 year old be like, Hey daddy, you look really cute. Like, like you want to fuck me? I'm like, Ooh, do I? <laughs> right. I right. Know. You know what I mean? Like it's a real, it's a head you know, it's a, it's kind of a head fuck in a way, right? Because I'm thinking to myself, well, I've never thought of myself as a daddy. I've I've never been overly topish, although I am verse as well. I don't, I, you know, I don't wake up every morning and think, yeah, who's going to get the pound in today? You know, that's just not who I am. 
And so getting that kind of uh, attention, if you will, has been very new for me. But it sounds like maybe a different experience for you. Obviously, it's a well, different I mean, for everybody. I kind of felt like I had to like kind of since I've been part of the kink and leather community. <laughs> sorry, for a while, I felt like I had to like further expound upon the the daddy thing. Um, yeah, like there's definitely different experiences or outliers um to the daddy thing um you know nuances with everything there's nuances over over the daddy thing um and you know uh, you know a lot of the as the new kids come up and you know i was in that same boat once upon a time where it was like everybody older than me is a daddy like i'm 17 18 years old i I was that kid, you know what I mean? Like the first guy I was with was like 35 years old, seasoned, furry, mature, had his own thing going on. Um, so I, I, I resonated with that, but I didn't have the daddy thing in my head at that time. Um, it was just, I naturally was attracted to older guys. Um, but he didn't have gray hair or anything. Um, but he did have an average build somewhere between dad bod and kind of like fit. So he was in in that area. Um, but then, you know, on the flip side of like body shaming, you know, you have guys that take it to the extreme. The other way where it's like they embrace you know, the heavier, the better. Um, Like it's, it's fetishized even. Yeah. I mean, yeah. A lot of different quote unquote types are fetishized. Um, And, you know, that goes both ways across different physical things. Um. Sorry, just coordinating something. Um, we earlier we pinned two things. Do you remember what those were? You started to talk about some uh, two things earlier, and I said let's pin that for later. Oh well, this was part of the. I mean, I know one of them was about the grinder and the scuff conversation, and it it might have been about the body shaming, you know, because with the daddy thing, like. It's funny in some ways, like what what we choose to, or what 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 gay male culture, I should say, chooses to hate and denigrate and attack and be nasty about is like really arbitrary, right? Because on one level they're like, yes, daddy, and then in other ways it's like, oh, no fatties, right? I mean. And one of the interesting things about Grinder and Scruff, I think, I don't know about Scruff because I don't think you see it there, but I, yeah, you must remember Grinder before mm-hmm. all the shaming that happened over the last five years. I remember mm-hmm. being on Grinder maybe seven years ago. People would still say, "Oh, no blacks, it's just a preference. I'm not racist," or "Oh, no fatties, I'm not into that." And I'll still see some people have that one. 
but then they got kind of shamed out of it. And so they were pushed back into the, you know, the, the racists and, and the uh, anti body positivity people were pushed back into the, you know, into their closet, if you will, their hate closet. And, and so now you just never know, right? So you might reach out to somebody and they all know better now than to say that they're not body shaming. So then you just never hear back from them or suddenly you get blocked, right? Rather than them laying it out on the line. Yeah, like if anything, it's kind of pushed them into the option of not responding or just leaving One or not responding or just leaving your um the the number of messages you have there. Because on Scruff, you know, they don't have to like open the the um the message to see what you look like or what's going on in the in the little thumbnail. So they could just move along on the grid to somebody else. And it's like, okay. I think I know why you're not responding. But <laughs> like it would be you super cringe if you were the one that brought it up, even though you know why. Um, so yeah, like it's kind of worked against, I guess, the less attractive or desirable in some people's eyes in a, in a different direction. Ugh, the struggles. Um, I mean, I mean, they're all struggles. It's almost like a kind of an intro to so many different avenues for so many right. different episodes. But um, one thing I did want to touch on uh, in regards to the little bit of both, and this, I think, you know, we can even wrap the health thing into it as well, is like just not feeling it, right? Like this, and this is, again, I think it goes back to health, how you feel health-wise, how you feel it, you know, mentally, physically, uh, and, and also just the pandemic. I mean, sometimes I'm just like, you know, I'll be talking to somebody and I'll be like, I don't know if this person is vaccinated. And it's an awkward question to ask. It is. Um, and so what? Oh, I so, know. so honestly, I, at this point and for a while now, I don't think I've ever asked a person um because i i kind of feel like there's we have such a short time window to work with while we while the urge is there and you know like gay guys are finicky and flaky already um which kind of drives me to be like so quick and be like okay he's not responding there must be a problem so it's like do I really even want to ask that and change the mood or, you know, he has a short amount of time. It's not even in my wheelhouse to think about it. Like I'm already here. I mean, I'm back, I'm vaccinated and boosted anyway. And, you know, it's probably shitty to think this way, but it's like, you see a guy and it's like, eh, I'll risk it. Well, yeah, that's that's funny you say that. Yeah, because that's what has me asking this question. One of the things that I was thinking about when I was thinking 
you know, is it aging? Is it a pandemic? Because you want to make excuses. You don't want to say, oh, I'm getting older, and therefore that's why this is happening. And likewise, you don't want to say, oh, I'm, you know, oh, I'm going to blame everything on the pandemic because that's a thing that's very real, right? Everyone can blame everything on the pandemic. And maybe I, we just hear it too much uh, nowadays, especially. Yeah, that we're just kind of like... getting out of it. But I mean, I, like, I remember... I think it was, yeah, it was, I distinctly remember it was July and August of the pandemic. There was no vaccine the first year, 2020. And I was, uh, I was doing some things that I would prefer to keep not, I would prefer to keep general and not be specific about, but they were, you know, I was up late and I was doing things that I should have just been like, oh, go to sleep. <laughs> and instead I was not doing that. And you can just, you know, ponder what, you know, you can guess at what the, that might've been. And so I'm up and I'm horny and I'm thinking about like hanging out with somebody. And then it's exactly what you said. It's the, uh, I'll risk it. Like what? I don't care. Because when you're in that state of mind, you think, okay, like I just want to have sex with somebody. Right. That was probably the last time. So we're going. So now that's been almost two years, right? Because uh, July is two months away, and so I'm thinking about how I just, yeah, that's two years since I even bothered with anything like that. Because after I did it, I didn't get COVID, but I just, I almost like I kind of felt weird about it. Right? right, and so it really ruined whatever kind of sexual fun that there might have been, <laughs> because it it wasn't fun, right? Oh, it, wow. it it was risky, and we had you know we it was risky, and we had sex, and it was like, is this worth it? And the answer was no for me, and so I think that kind of started a chain of like, you know what, if I'm going to meet up with anybody during the pandemic, I think it's going to end up being people that I know, which may be a good transition into our solutions, actually. <laughs> yeah, um, like going to the gym or being more active. Yeah, so some solutions for our audience members who may be listening and thinking, oh, what what can we do? I mean, I have been walking every day. I bought a new pair of Brooks running shoes. I have run once, and by run once, I mean I literally trotted for about 10 minutes on a walk, and I said, you know what? You're not there yet. Don't push yourself. And so I stress this, and I mean this really sincerely to anyone who's listening you know, you're not training for a marathon. And too often I think it's like, oh, well, if you're not good enough to be the best, then don't even bother. And I think that's very much like deeply ingrained in American culture. And that's a really fucked up way to think. The fact of the matter is like a walk is good for you. If you can try to go for a jog, also good. If you can't jog that day, you shouldn't feel bad about it. If you're uncomfortable at the gym because COVID is still a real thing and people still are still getting COVID, don't feel ashamed. Just try to find a place where you feel comfortable, right? That's the advice that if I could go back in time until April 2020 Jackson, that would be the advice I would give him. I would say, there's nothing wrong with going outside. 
if you get COVID from going outside, then maybe it was meant to be and just get the fuck over it, <laughs> go outside. So, and that fits into the being more active. And this is the kind of thing that's so easy when you're in New York or San Francisco or DC, but it's very hard when you live in a small town and, or you need a, you need a car to get everywhere, right? Right. A, car, a car to get to work, a car to do this, a car to do that. And then boom, you're not in your car anymore and your ass is trapped in the house. Hey, if you have a personal gym in the house, that's one thing. But if you don't, well, you can feel trapped. So that's like, that's one thing I think that's like, so important to remember. I'm, and, and I'm not like preaching that, by the way. I'm literally saying that as a reminder to myself every day. Every day I wake up now. I'm saying, go out and walk for an hour. Just, you know what I mean? Just go. Or even like a mile and, and uh, circuit back. Um, I, even, and, I, and, and it may be hard for some people because they're so locked in into a habit of being in the house for so long and being fearful of being around other people. Um, but, you know, not everybody is out at the same time. Like, around here, people, even at the gym, like, it's very, it's not a lot of people out, like, five, six in the morning, um, and even less so at the gym. So I go um, early in the morning before work, and I go for a couple of hours. I mean, there have been times I've gone like during lunchtime, just kind of work out during lunch instead of eating. And there's like a lot of people, and it varies from day to day. But the the 15 minutes or the half an hour or the hour that you do anything that's active and gets your your blood flow going and moving and stuff is is good. Um, it's little by little, you know, you could walk around the neighborhood, walk to the mailbox, walk to the car and do a little bit more each day. And, you know, the changes are much more than physical. I mean, mentally you feel better. Emotionally you feel better. You're out of the house. So you're not going crazy. Um, and there really is something about that too. So, so yeah. Um, there was, I think we moved kind of past the two things I'd said, Pen, and I can't even think of what they, remember what they were. Well, there are other solutions, though, and this one I think right. is super important, um, because, you know, we're talking about sex, that's what sexual discourse is about, it's a show yes. that people like to talk about this kind of thing, but I think it's important to just remember, I mean, you're aging, you're, you know, you're aging, but you also just went through a trauma. I'm saying not you, not you, Jason, but you audience, everybody, all of us have just been through something that only happens really every hundred years. People don't live past a hundred usually. So you, we've actually lived through something that's actually quite radical that we don't have antecedents to in terms of like living relics from that time period. And so it's, pretty fucked up. So I would just encourage anyone listening uh, to think about the fact that, you know, psychologists and doctors 
um, who are older or in your same age range might be able to really help with this and to commiserate with you, to be able to talk about this kind of thing. And again, I want to go back to this Wexner. I, I was able to pull it up again. It's Wexner Medical Center at the Ohio State University, the Ohio State University. Um, and it's some interesting work by uh, Sophie Lazarus, PhD in geriatrics. Uh, and it's about does depression worsen with aging? I think, and the answer that they found is yes, absolutely. This is not a question. Finding somebody who you can connect with, somebody who can help you, whether it's a psychologist, psychiatrist, or a doctor, is such an important way to work through this. Um, I have a great um, primary care physician who I really like. They are not LGBTQ and they're not younger, they're not older than me, but they're very much an ally of our community and she is wonderful. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I just absolutely adore her because I know when I go in there and I say, hey, this is, this, by the way, this is a new doctor from the old one, <laughs> in case you're wondering. Right. Um, I can go in there and I can say, hey, so this is what's going on and I need you to take it seriously. I don't have to worry about her having in her, the back of her head some some nasty thought about me, right? And that's as opposed to say, if you were in, uh, I don't know, rural West Virginia and you went into some straight white male doctor, is he, you know, he doesn't give a shit if you live or die, right? He's just collecting his money and moving on. But you gotta find, medical professionals who really care about you, right? Who are invested, who are passionate about helping our community. Yeah, I think, um, and this may be a hard um, find, um, depending on where you are, but if you are a person that is gay, lesbian, non-binary, transgender, um, to find or connect to a network that can get you to um, a psychologist or a psychiatrist or any mental health professional that, too, is one who you identify as. Because, um, you know, whether people want to believe it or not, I think a lot of how we navigate and how we process what it is we experience is um, I think our what we identify as plays a part in that. And I think finding or identifying root causes or link or a link to what is bringing all this um, discourse mentally or, you know, emotionally or spiritually um, takes, I think, another person, a mental health professional that is also um, in part of the community. Yeah, I mean... Not to get cheesy about it, but it's like, you know, we're all in this together and also we got to stick together, right? So right. try to seek out people in our community and there's nothing wrong with, uh, you know, and again, this is not to say anything bad about straight people or straight doctors or straight psychologists. I'm sure they understand things, but like, think about the whole conversation we just had for the last 
two and a half, two and half hours, hours, right? Almost three. I mean, you know, there, this was a, this is a lot and there's a lot to unpack and expecting someone who's not been through it, who doesn't experience it the same way that you do to that same lens. I mean, it's actually, you know, kind of unfair to them. So what's a good fix? Well, seek out people in your community <laughs> who have both the mental health training as well as the experience that might help, uh, you know, help us feel better. <laughs> as I'm reading right. that, as I'm saying it out loud, I'm like, you know, you should really listen to your own advice, Jackson. <laughs> so I might need to go find, um, I need to go find myself uh, an LGBTQ uh, psychologist, actually. So we're going to um, saddle up here and kind of, well, we're going to end the episode here and do some more. Um, probably a second part or other sexual discourse episodes. Um, I hope so. Yeah. Um, this is Mr. Foxy, I Refuse Podcast. And I have, we have been here with Jackson um, pushing the train of sexual discourse series of the I Refuse Podcast forward. Um, be sure to follow, subscribe wherever you see I Refuse Podcast, and we will have Jackson on again and again and again and again. So thanks for coming on, Jackson. Thank you for having me. I had a wonderful time. I always do, too. And I will catch you guys later. Bye. To fuck around is human. To find out is divine. This is the I Refuse Podcast.